What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Badgers. Great episode today. We got Matt Harris, head coach, Arrowhead, Derek Jensen's head coach coming on the show. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Derek Jensen, Garrett Sexton, in-state recruiting, Badger football, Luke Fickle, and more on today's episode of Lockdown Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, as always. And listen, with the great guests, man, we don't waste any time. We get right into it because y'all are here for Matt Harris. You're not here for me. Um, Coach Harris, coach of Arrowhead, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I'm, I'm excited to uh, hang out and talk about some of the kids I've been fortunate to work with. No, I, I can't wait for especially shows like this where we get coaches on because I, I told you this before we got started. We, we get smarter by having people like you on and the community gets better. So we really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. So I want to start here. Um, Derek Jensen, offensive lineman, offensive tackle coming out of Arrowhead. Uh, committed to the Badgers. I, I want to just start putting your coaching head on. Um, can you give me a scout? If you were scouting against him, like if you were uh, an opposing coach, what would you see on film? How would you kind of approach playing against Derek Jensen? I mean, besides the obvious, right? Like when you when you look at the film, and you can just tell that he's a whole head bigger than everyone else out there on the field. I, I really think like what stands out uh, probably first and foremost is his aggression. He just he has a wrestler's mentality that he just he just wants to get dirty and he wants to get in a fight with whoever is coming up against him. And so I, I think that is a, a huge thing that you see on film. And I, it, it would it's probably nothing you can really scout against. You just have to hopefully convince your player that, that they'll be fine against him. But um, then the next thing would just be like how incredibly coached he is. Um, coach Linares is our offensive line coach and he's easily the best offensive line coach in the state of Wisconsin, hands down. And, you know, when you watch him among the others on the offensive line, you can just tell how smooth he is technique wise and, and, and also how you, he does his job. You know, once, once you kind of understand what we do offensively, you can really see that, that he really misses an assignment. When did you know that he was a potential like FBS guy, a player at this level? When did when did that click for you? Yeah, this will sound funny, but so I when I got the job at Arrowhead, I was uh, it was during COVID, so I didn't have much to do really. I couldn't talk to any kids. I got hired in March, and I I didn't actually meet a single athlete until July. So I asked the youth program, I said, hey, uh, would you mind if I could see your eighth graders film so I can, you know, get a heartbeat on the group? And on the first clip on the sideline, I saw this kid that was probably a foot taller than everyone else on the sideline. I paused it and I took a picture and I sent it to all the current coaches I had hired. I said, who is this kid? <laughs> like, Please tell me he's coming to Heartland Arrowhead. You know, and uh, then once I got to deeper into it, I saw it and I watched his film. And even as an eighth grader, I could tell he was he was pretty raw. But just to see the aggression that he had, um, I, I knew I knew then like, you know, typically a lot of times, you know, we'll start the season and or usually we start training and I'll take a picture of a freshman that I believe is going to be the next or whoever it's going to be. And I start sending it to every college coach I know. 
So I sent his picture on day one to Chris Herring. You can ask him. It's the honest to God truth. I did the same thing with Shimmer DK. I sent it to him and I said, here is your next player that you will be recruiting. Call me when you're ready. And so it was early. I knew early. Well, and talk about the aggression. So one of the things people always say is you want an offensive lineman that's nasty, right? Someone that's going to finish blocks, is going to play hard, play with an edge. Um, where does that come from on the field for Jensen? Is that something that you, it sounds like you didn't have to coach that into him or coach him up into that. No, I, I think it's just, I, I think it's a culture thing. I think, um, you know, it must be something in the water or something in Heartland. Like it's just most of the kids just have that nastiness and, I, and and I think it also comes from his confidence in what he's doing, you know, and when he, when you're coached well, you know, a lot of people say, you know, like, oh, you got to teach toughness, you got to teach like physicality, like, for me, I think all those things come when when the kid is confident in what he's doing. Um, you know, they end up playing faster, which on film appears to be more physical. But I, I, I think like the actual natural rawness of it is probably Number one, from his family. His family is a hard nose. He had a brother that was one of the meanest linebackers I ever I ever saw on the field, and um, and 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 his mom is is hard nose, and his dad is is a is a great guy that has the same type of hard nose, go get it mentality. So I I think it's a combination of all those things. And then you talked a little bit about. Um you know, this being in the water, just, just, he kind of came ready with that aggression, but from a technique standpoint, that feels like it's always a bit of a struggle for a high school player that is so much bigger. Um, how, how much work has gone into helping him refine the technique of being a, an offensive lineman that is a foot taller at times and the people he's blocking? Yeah. I mean, it, it's been a lot, but fortunately, like I told you before, that offensive line coach of ours, it, it's not his first rodeo, right? He was the offensive coordinator at Rhodes college in Memphis, uh, where he coached NFL offensive lineman. Um, you know, he was the, the old line coach at Carroll College. So this wasn't anything that was new for him. I mean, thank God I have him, like, because he he is able to help on those things. You know, I mean, even those are things that I've learned with these six foot seven guys, right? Like people talk about training and, and preparing these kids. Like uh, when, when a kid is six, seven, you can't train them the exact same way as you train someone that's six foot one or six foot two, like they're lifting and their, their training needs to be adjusted a little bit. It's not always the best for them to pull a bar from the ground as far as they need to go when they're six, seven, you know? So uh, I learned a lot of that from Brad Arnett at next level. He, he taught me so many things about those things and it's stuff I didn't even think about because I never had a kid that was six, seven before. And I'm just unfortunate right now to have two of them. So. And let me ask you that too. Is it, how hard is it to not allow kids who are that physically gifted to almost get late? Like, I don't want to say lazy is the wrong word, but a guy like Jensen or, or a guy like Chimre, who we're going to talk about, he could probably beat whoever he wanted without worrying about technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think once the kids start to get recruited on that level and, and they, they peak at a practice or they, they go to a game and they see, and, you know, there comes a point, I think, especially in the classic eight in our conference, like I, I think our conference is as close to any, you know, as close to college as, as anything. I have a lot of college coaches that when I put them on our staff or they come and they coach in the classic eight, they, they all say like, this is as close to college football as it gets. And I think there comes a point in a, 
even in a Derek Jensen's career where he realizes, okay, I need something more. Like my, my brute size only works for so long. And then like, if they have that next level mentality, they, they, they tend to search for what is, is going to help them get even better. And that's, that's a trait that Chimray had. And, and for sure, that's a trait that Derek has. So, you know, he's, Derek's just fortunate that, you know, he, he has coach Linares. Chimray had me and another high school coach that just knew high school wide receiver, you know, play and, and did our best to help him. And, you know, so he was, he was really smart and he would, he would go and find others that, that could help him with those things. Well, it also seems like you guys did all right by him. I'm uh, sure we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, he's certainly one of the more popular Badgers. I think you guys were, have a success story there. Uh, we're going to come back with coach Harris. We got to take a quick break for our friends of the show, but we're going to continue talking about Derek Jensen. I want to get into his film. I have a bunch of questions and coach, I always say this with really good guests. We're going to run out of time before I run out of questions. So no, that's all right. That's all right. Baby I really do appreciate it. The baby's um, in bed, so I got nothing but time. <laughs> oh, let's go. Don't don't tell me that, Coach. Yeah. We'll be here all night. Um, yeah. We're going to take a quick break, come back with Coach Harris, a bunch more to talk about on today's Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our good friends of the show over at eBay Motors. Um, again, new friends of the show, eBay has come on board. And if you're going to build a championship team, Coach would know all about this. Building a great team, you need all the great players. And it's the same if you're going to build um, a perfect car. You need all the right fits, all the right parts, and you need to do it quickly and easily. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. No fumbling around. Just get the right part at the right time without a lot of work, without a lot of stress, without a lot of headaches. And you don't have to be a gearhead. It makes it incredibly easy. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop in eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. And again, I want to say thank you to everybody who's, who always tunes into the show, all the everydayers. Y'all are amazing. I appreciate it. It is absolutely humbling to have people allow us to be a small part of your day. Um, so thank you for that. And let's get Coach Harris back on. Let's continue this conversation. Uh, Coach, one of the things we were talking about before the show is the upside of Derek Jensen. Um, you mentioned he's just now learning to, to lift weights correctly with the right technique. Where, where is he now compared to what his upside could be? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's been kind of the cool transition. I mean, there's probably some pictures from some recruiting sites and stuff that we saw early in the winter, even as, as early as last winter in comparison to now, you can, you can just tell, um, like I said, I, I, you know, I reached out to Brad Arnett just because I felt like I was missing something in his training. Um, and you know, like he, he was having some aches and pains and, and things that I just didn't think should happen. And, um, you know, Derek committed everything he could to this off season and into getting better and getting stronger because again, uh, most of it up till his junior year was all natural brute strength size. And, and, and this year, I, I, you know, he probably went from a 195 pound, you know, bench to well over 300. He's in the 300 zone now. Um, and even more, we can't even, you know, number one, he's impossible to, um, 
spot when he's squatting. He's so tall. We don't have anybody to spot him, but um, he probably started in, you know, the two nineties and now he's, he's definitely close to 500 in a squat. Um, it, it, when we finished up uh, in the spring, who knows? He got another six weeks here in the summer. So who knows where you could be at now? Um, but without Brad Arnett, that probably doesn't happen because some of the tweaks that happen. And also my strength staff is incredible and they've, you know, Brendan Gonnering and Jason Eisman have, have helped him tremendously. And he's just, so that's why I'm excited because he's never played with this real power. And, and, and I can't wait for everyone to see like, okay, you know, now, now you can see it in his face. You can see it in his body. Um, he has definitely changed, changed a little bit here. I mean, you, you know, I, he's definitely probably the, the most naturally looking 315, 320 pound kid that I've ever seen. Like people tell me he's 315. I have to check sometimes. Cause I'm like, man, you do not look 315 for, for that, but he's su- such a massive human that, that, that he carries it so well now. Well, and even if you look at the recruiting sites, even those, they have him at 280, 275. Um, and if he's at 315, 320 now, it's remarkable if he's carrying it well. Yeah, yeah. And I think when he, and during his visit, uh, his first visit with Coach Fickle and the crew, I think he came in at 330, you know, and so like he got a little bit bigger and then now he's really, uh, He's tuned it down a little bit. I think he's 315 right now. Um, you know, once we started our, our, our contact days, team camp, he was right around there. And he looks great. He's moving spectacular. And I'm just – I can't wait. I can't wait. He's doing really good in pass sets against Jace Gilbert, which, you know, uh, sometimes you, you love to see that, right? Like, because naturally you would think, oh, he's just a road grader. But, I mean, if he can pass that against Jace Gilbert, he's going to be just fine. Well, and where does where do you see him on the offensive line? Like, what I know people get really wrapped up on left tackle versus right tackle. Um, I don't think it matters as much as it used to in football, but still, where where do you see him fitting in? It? What is what is his best spot? I mean, for us, because when he was young, we we just kept him on the right side, you know. So that was it's always just been so natural for him. Um, not that he couldn't move to the left side. I imagine he probably could. He would probably need a little bit of time to get adjusted. Um, but I, I would think, you know, right guard or right tackle, depending on, you know, h- how they're going to use him. Um, it'll be interesting to watch him a little bit more, and I'll probably be able to see where he fits. Um, I know there was early talks about Trey Weddick moving inside at guard, and I think that that Derek is is, is similar to Trey in, in some of the ways that they played when they were in high school. That He reminds me of him a little bit. Um, so I, that's kind of who I – compare him to a little bit in in their program right now so we'll see where they put trey and that probably might give me a good uh you know thought process of where they're going to put him what what is he like in the locker room what is he what is he like as a leader as a a culture guy yeah he's he's gotten so much better he's been there right he's practiced with us for since he was a freshman so he's been through you know a ton of great leaders guys that have gone on to play big time football and you know he he, he was a sophomore when Joey Okla was a senior. He was a freshman when Max Bredesen and Owen Arnett were seniors. Um, and then last year when Trip Walsh, who went to Iowa State, and, and a handful of other guys. Um, so he's seen how those guys have worked and how they've what they've done to get to where they're at. 
Um, and, and I think the reason why he's becoming such a great leader is because he was such a great follower. Like he wasn't like, even though he was probably when he was younger, he was probably still one of the top recruits on the team. You would have never known it in the locker room. Like he, he did his work. He didn't overstep his bounds and, and did what he was told. And now you can see that, okay, these guys led me this way. This is what worked for me. This is, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. And this, and, and you can see that coming out in him now. And, you know, he's, you know, he's just really, really starting to come into his own as a leader that, you know, you, you don't always know if that's going to happen when he's a freshman because he was so quiet. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll never forget his first talk with a coach on on the phone. Like, I was like, I had to, like, feed him the answers. He was so nervous, you know. And now it's like he's like a seasoned vet in it. And he's just compiled all those things. And I, I, I think he's going to do the same thing there. He's going to go to Wisconsin and he's going to follow and, and learn the ropes. And then when he gets a little, little bit older – He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, put his knowledge into, to, to what he's, you know, trying to do for, for his team, and that's what he's doing right now. He's one of the first captains we named. He's the captain of our team. Um, so, and, and he's been great to start. He's been great. How easy is that? Or how, how great? I shouldn't say easy. How great is that as a coach when your best players are also some of your best leaders? Because that doesn't always line up. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't always line up that way. It ha- I mean, it hasn't for me at, at times. Um, it, it's funny, you know, we talk about that, like, you know, last year we had great captains. They were great, but there was probably two kids that, like you said, they were really good football players, but they weren't the best leaders, you know? And, and sometimes like that, then that starts to peek into your play. And, you know, and I think some of that, you know, got us in the end of the year last year, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they're really cool kids. They're really great kids. It's just, um, you know, they just weren't quite the captain types type material. Um, and now, like, especially this year, more than than any year since I've been at Arrowhead is the the guys that are the captains are also happen to be, you know, the top players on the team. So I think it makes it easier for the younger guys and the rest of the team to follow that. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? If, you know, it's Derek Jensen, everyone knows he's going to Wisconsin and he's done everything he can to get to where he's at. Uh, he's in the weight room every day. That's what I've noticed. Like all these kids that ha- are being highly recruited, they're there every single day. So now for the next, at least the next four years, I won't have to beg kids to come to the weight room and train and do all the things in the off season because those guys set the tone. And, right. it, you know, I won't have to be like, oh, well, Derek Jensen was here every day. Well, those kids saw it every day. And they, you know, so like th- those are the things that are, are more important to me as a coach than the rah rah like he's cheering us up and and breaking us down kind of thing you know like just the example that that Derek has set and, and, and along with the, the other guys that we've had and and now you can tell this is of my first four seasons this is my fourth season this is the first freshman group that I've had I mean we probably had 98 percent weight room attendance all off season long and whether it was weight room where they played sports and that's always been my recipe for success is making sure our kids are competing in other sports and training when it's time to train. And, and when we get the percentage to where it's at now, we'll, we'll meet our potential. Like we're going to meet our potential this year. There, I have no doubt like doing this long enough when you see a team do and go through what they've gone, um, you, you, you know how it's going to be, you know? 
it, it, like, for example, Chimray's last year at Waukesha North was my last year. And, you know, maybe we had 40 kids on the team, 45 kids. And I promise you, every single one of those kids was fully dedicated, all in, put everything they had. Well, we only went three and six uh, that season. We, we went three and six that year. Um, so we were competitive in every single game. And I remember we, we, we actually got our butts kicked against Catholic Memorial in the last game. And we all, as a team, stood on our home field and we all looked at each other. And I remember just thinking, like, man, we met our potential. I know the record doesn't show it, but we met our potential. We did the best we possibly could. And, and, and that was a really fun year because I knew it, that we were in the right spot. And I feel the exact same way right now with this team. Now, this team just happens to have a, a few more players and, and, and a little bit more talent uh, on the back end of it. So, you know, like th those are the things that he's led us to, and, and, and it's exciting. It's an exciting time at Heartland Arrowhead because of that. Coach, you got me fired up. Like, I'm ready I'm ready for the season to start. Let's go. Yeah, yeah me too. Me too. <laughs> I want to ask you this because I, I, we're going to get some film with Derek up as well. I definitely want to walk through that, talk about some in-state recruiting. And, again, I – this is a great conversation, man. I'm going to keep you hopefully not too long. No, it's um, fine. Like I said, I'm good. I love it, man. I, I want to ask you this because as a head coach, what is your role in recruiting? What do you feel like your role is in recruiting? Yeah. I, you know, you could ask anybody, especially in the school or, or my coaches or even my players, like I, I take a huge role. Um, I, I take I take it business-like. To me, it's a business. I learned that on day one. I, you know, I got a funny, the first time I ever had a Division One coach in at, at Waukesha North, the first guy that I met was Tim Polasek. And I don't know if you know him, but he's one of, he's, you know, he's regarded as one of the top recruiters in the, in the, probably in the NCAA. A lot of people put him up there with anyone. He was at North Dakota State at the time. He, he ended up being the Iowa O-line coach. And then now he's the offensive coordinator at Wyoming. And he walked in and gave it to me, gave it to me. He's like, you have no players. You've done nothing here. And I just was standing in the hallway in absolute shock. And, and it, you know, I left that meeting and I was like, number one, why did he come here? Number two, I need to fix something. I need to change my, my attitude towards this. And I need to, like, take my emotion out of it. And, you know, I, I own my own business. I've been in the military. I have all these, these life's experiences. And I just put that all into it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sell every kid. I'm going to do everything I possibly can, you know, to get every single kid the opportunity to play. And if that means I have to, you know, do some things differently than, than other people and other schools and other head coaches, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, and, and I just took that mentality and that's, that's what I've been doing. And I've just been create, I, I knew the first thing I needed to do was create the largest network of college assistants and recruiting coordinators and coaches that I possibly could and, and have a large Rolodex in there and then just keep going, just keep going and, and keep developing kids and, and, you know, and seeing where they fit and watching the makeup. But, you know, I, I sit on my phone all the time and I just look at, how recruiting lands and who's going where and how it works. And, you know, and, and I just keep my nose in it and my knowledge has grown so much that I feel like I'm in control now when, when these recruiters come in, I feel like I'm in control of the conversation. And, and I think ultimately that helps my kids um, 
learn. Not to mention I hired a, a recruiting coordinator, uh, a little company out of, of Waukesha with, uh, called Aaron Recruiting, and he just helps feed me more information about it because I don't know everything, and I'm trying to learn as much as I possibly can to help our kids. But what he's taught me has taken me to an even even greater level, you know, so. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I'm, I'm going to ping you on that one, too. Yeah. Uh, but I want to go back even to the beginning of that story, which, again, I keep getting sidetracked because these stories you have. Are right. I love them. Yeah. If you ever reached back to, to Tim to coach and said, thank you for that harsh. Like, have you guys talked about that? His first comp, his first. Oh, discussion? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I lean on him a little bit. I talk to him and I ask him. And the, the one thing I love about him is, is I can say, like, OK, is this kid? Am I right on this? He will always tell me if the kid is good enough or what level he belongs. So, I mean, we've, we've kept that relationship, um, you know, going and, and it's, it's been really, it's been really good. He's been a great resource. And, you know, I think the first year he didn't listen to a word I said and thought I probably was a fool. And now I think I can, you, you know, I, I think he leans on me for, for some of his advice and on kids and, you know, I frequently get texts. Now the guy wakes up at like four in the morning and texts me at like four or five in the morning. So, you know, but it's like, I, I he frequently, I think he leans on me and, and, and I lean on him and, and he's become a great resource for me. So yeah, nothing has changed. Um, you know, it still continues and he keeps climbing. My guess is he's going to be a head coach pretty soon and, and maybe he won't bother me as much then. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome, man. We got to take one more quick break for friends of the show. We're coming back, and I promise you we are putting up Derek's film. We're going to talk a little bit with Coach uh, and get into a little bit of in-state recruiting as well. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show and a quick second to say thank you to everybody listening, everybody tuning in on YouTube, podcast, wherever you're getting it. Thank you so much. It, it means a ton, and I really do appreciate it. All right, let's get uh, Coach Harris back in. Uh, Coach, we're going to throw some film up here of, of Derek. Um and we'll just run a couple of clips, let you talk through it, what you see, what you see he's doing well, or even nitpick a little bit if you see there's something that hopefully this year he's improving on. Yeah. Um, let me get this up here and shared. If you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see this. If you're listening to this on the pod, again, we try to talk through all this as well. So you're going to hear us talk through it. But this, again, might be one of those clips that's better if you come find us on YouTube. All right, Coach, um, we'll start here and we'll just run the clip and then we'll we'll play it back. Oh, I messed up that. My bad. That's all right. Here, we'll start on a fresh clip here. Perfect. It looked like it was wide zone for us. Yeah, so now, we'll just play through that. Yeah. Yep. I'm seeing that. I saw a pass set there. Yep. This is wide zone. This is probably our number one offensive play. Um, you know, I think we ran this 151 times last year. He was so good. Now, now you're on. A, now I see a pass play, but um, that's probably one place where I think he's he's improved the most is his pass pro. Um, you know, again, like like I told you, I don't know if I told you before the show, but every single day he works against the number one defensive lineman in the state and Jay Gilbert, who's going to Iowa State. Um, and I, I think like just because he does that, especially in his pass pro against somebody who who rushes like Jace, he he's just improved his his skills so much. Um, he's his first step is so much quicker now, even than this. It's a little choppy for me to see, but um, he's he, you know he's improved that 
a lot, a lot. And you'll see that in the next week or two when we start playing, or a couple weeks when we have our games here. Can't wait, man. You know, that's a, that's a big, big kid from McGuanagall. McGuanagall had the number one defense in the state, and uh, or the number one team in the state, one of the best defenses too. But, you know, he holds his own. He doesn't get pushed. He doesn't get moved very often. And, uh, again, I kind of attribute that to, you know, his practices are probably harder than his games. Nice throw. Yeah, just a road grade, man. That's that's probably what you know everybody expects of him most. Um, you know that you can just see the nastiness and in, in his uh, you know his aggressiveness coming out in that. And you know that was again, this is Waukesha West, and and they're one of the best coach teams in the state. I think Steve Rux is one of the best coaches in in state history, and you know so they. They put some really good things together for us. But, again, you can see they're, they're coached so well uh, in what they're doing. And, you know, like to come off that double team like that and recognize, like, this is this is what's going on, it's it's really good. So this looks like it's a wide zone coming. I mean, he's leaning forward a little bit. That's probably not Coach Lenaris' favorite play by any means. Um he doesn't need to do that. He's probably trying to be a little bit overly aggressive. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, like we said earlier, like he's so big and he's going against somebody so little, he probably felt like he needs to do that. And um, I'm sure Coach Lenaris fixed that on film for the next week. I believe this was the playoffs last year. But, um, but yeah, that sometimes in high school, especially with these, you know, like, you know, you get refs that see him just, gobble kids up like that because he's so big like it's almost like the Shaquille O'Neal foul effect like he, yep. he he just gets called for fouls because he's so much bigger so he gets holding calls quite frequently even though like his technique really isn't that bad he's doing fine it's just you know I mean if you ever get to see him in person his shoulders are as wide as two humans like so when he brings his hands in like you know he, he's completely engulfing whoever the defensive player is the visual of it looks looks suspicious yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah again there's that's our top play that's that that's that wide zone that i think we do better than anybody in the state and um you know when they see the picture clear and he sees a clear picture and he gets his hands on a linebacker watch out he you know it it doesn't matter who the linebacker is. He's he's finishing them, and, and you can see that, and that's what he does. The other thing, like, that I think goes unnoticed, it's hard to tell, but he has the strongest hands of anyone I've ever seen play. Like, his grip is absolutely incredible. That's So sometimes uh, Coach Nick Hayden is on our staff. I don't know if you remember that name. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he's a, he's a defensive line coach on our staff, and sometimes he gets a little, uh, you know, anxious to get back in there. And he gets in there with Derek, he gets in there with Derek sometimes, and he always walks up to me. And he's like, "Man, his hands are so strong. I don't know that I've ever felt anybody with hands as strong as his." So it's you know kind of just a funny tidbit that people don't really know. But if 
if Nick Hayden's saying that, then it, there's got to be something behind it, right? Right. If that's coming from a guy like that who's been in the trenches in the Big Ten, um, mm-hmm. plus, like, right. that's, that's a huge compliment. Um, right. I want to shift gears a, a little bit here. And again, I usually try keeping interviews around 30 minutes. So I appreciate every extra minute. I know you no, said I'm it's good. fine. Yep. Like I said, I'm good. I want to talk about the in-state recruiting that people, everybody's talking about in-state recruiting, right? Obviously, Barry Alvarez famously put up the wall, quote unquote. Um, and the last couple of years, we've seen players leave the state to go to, I mean, basically a lot of elite programs, really good programs. But I want to start with a teammate of Derek Jensen on your on your squad, uh, Garrett Sexton, a guy who mm-hmm. I've talked about on this show. I love, love Sexton's film. Yeah, yeah, poetically with Sexton. Yeah. Um, what do you think maybe happened there in terms of the Badgers, Penn State, and, and Sexton? Um, I, I mean, really, like, first thing first for me, like, re- recruiting has changed since Barry Alvarez's time. There was not much social media involved in that. So the access to kids in different states is totally different from the past, right? Like, I, I can text, I, I can message a, a coach at Penn State right now and probably have an answer within – an hour just because it's so much easily accessed. Whereas during Barry Alvarez's time, some of, uh, of coach Bielema's time, it wasn't there. You, you couldn't do that. Like you could easily get in touch with your kids in your state and other States couldn't, they didn't as much in, in my opinion. Um, so, so that's kind of like the beginning of it. Now, with that being said, that means Derek, uh, Garrett Sexton had all of that, before Coach Fickle and his staff even got here. So he had a laundry list, and it came fast for him, right? Like, again, this was his first year ever playing offensive line, and his recruiting is different than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Like, he went from a the probably the lowest-ranked quarterback in the state of Wisconsin to arguably one of the best offensive linemen in less than eight weeks. And then once everyone started to see and and see the kid and his growth and then see his athleticism, put two and two together, then all of a sudden it hit like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And he got, you know, and this was during, um, you know, Coach Chris kind of transition that, you know, no one knew if Coach Leonard was going to be the coach or not or who was who it was going to be. So I don't think there was much there, – there, there wasn't much recruiting going on for him, Derek. Jace, anybody, uh, you know, because of they were in limbo. Well, in the meantime, every other school in the country, you know, for the most part, was was on these kids, talking to these kids, messaging these kids, getting them to go and see them and do all these things. So he established relationships. He established relationships with other schools, and, and they became strong. You know, they became strong. He had a strong relationship with five or six schools, and Wisconsin wasn't one of them. Uh, because they, no one knew who the head coach was going to be. Well, he gets, he goes through that for eight weeks. He's in baseball. He got overwhelmed as any kid, you know, like I always tell kids, you always want to be recruited until you're recruited because it's, it's not easy. It's, you can be Derek Jensen, but there's plenty of dark days for Derek Jensen in the recruiting process. It is not easy to be a top recruit because you get a lot of no's, you get a lot of ghostings you get all these crazy emotions that they go through um you know you go on these visits and these kids expect to offer because they've been offered by everyone else and and they go in there and they they don't get talked to or you know like imagine being a 16 17 year old kid going through those emotions on those visits and 
you, you know, so like Garrett then just got to the point where he was like, he was ready to be done. I could tell he was ready to be done. And that's right when Coach Fickle got hired. And that's right when he's putting his staff together and, you know, and as he gets hired and, and, and Coach Bicknell gets into the mix, I'll never forget Coach Bicknell's in my office. And I, I tell him, I said, hey, I'm bringing three kids down. They're all Division One, you know, and I think he looked at me like, okay, you're telling me you have three kids that are 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", and we're going to recruit them all. And I'm like, yes, trust me, you know, like I had never met him before, you know. And then they all walked in and he was like, what in the world is this? You know, like he was in absolute shock. And, you know, I, and I think – Right away, they fell in love with Derek Jensen. I think they went full court press with Derek, as they should have, in my opinion, and they did. And and I just think, like, through the evaluation, and I think they were – at the time, Garrett was still playing basketball. This would have been in, whenever he got there. He was still in it. I think he weighed in at 239 when he went on the visit. So, like, you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars they're investing in these kids. Like, you need to make sure this kid is going to get to where he's going to get. Like – you know, sometimes you, it's hard to take flyers on kids. And I, I just think they were in the evaluation process of it. And, but Derek was in a different process. Derek was in a different step and, and Penn state came hard. Penn state did their homework. I have a good friend that coaches at Penn state. So he was able to get all this information for the last, you know, whatever, six months or whatever it was. So he knew everything there was to know about Garrett because we, we you know, he, we had that relationship. And and Garrett went and fell in love with Penn State, and I I think once he went there, I don't I don't think there was anything changing his mind. And he did one more visit at Wisconsin, and he tried, and and he just couldn't get Penn State off his mind. And you know, to him, that was the right place. And then I think Wisconsin, you know, started doing some more evaluations. Uh, Coach Hayden and I went to a practice, and you know, we got to sit and talk a little bit more. And you know, me, I'm still trying to sell Garrett. I'm trying to, you know, like. Because at the time he wasn't committed and, you know, I, I don't like to fly on the plane very often. So I'd rather be in Madison sometimes than, than he would right. be further away. So we, we tried our best and, you know, and, and, and then he ended up committing to Penn State a couple of days after. And they, they offered him and, and it just didn't work. It was bad timing. And, you know, I don't think there was any, any love lost on, on any side. And, you know, we, we just, it was just, uh, you know, well, go ahead. That's a tremendous school. Like, I mean, Penn State's right. a tremendous location. I've, I've right. been there for a game. The atmosphere is incredible. Um, sure. And the timing, to your point, is 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 it's just tough timing. Um, what what are your your takes, your thoughts of of Luke Fickle so far? The staff he's put together, Jack Bicknell Jr. Um, what have those interactions been like? And what do you what do you see going forward with that staff in state? Yeah, I think I mean it's been it's been nice. It's been really nice. I think they're they're right on. They're locked on and. You know, I think they're doing a good job. I think they're doing a great job in state. I think they're doing a spectacular job out of state. Um, I'm interested to see how how the future goes, right? Like, you, you know, if, if they can lock some of these guys down, it would have been interesting to see would they have locked, you know, uh, Nathan Roy and, and Garrett down? Because if they would have, I mean, this class is already the best class they've ever had, if I'm not mistaken. And if they would have got those two, they might have cracked into the top five, you know. So I, I, I'm interested to see, from what I've seen so far, their ability to uh, create these relationships and 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 make kids feel great. And you know, 
I think that will trend in, in, a, in a very good direction. Same thing, Luke Fickle. I've met, uh, you know, a bunch of these head coaches and like his personality, like the, he just has something about him. Like I can't explain the first time he walked into the building when I met him. I just, you just, when you meet a person with that type of personality, you can just tell like this guy owns the room. This guy, like you just want to talk to him. You want to be around him. And I guarantee that's how the kids feel. And, and that's probably why he's having success no matter where he's recruiting, whether it's, you know, wherever it is. So uh, uh, because he has this dynamite personality that is, is very, uh, you know, attractive for lack of better terms. Well, I want to kind of just finish up on a couple of questions here. You talked about the, the role of Dex, you have the, the connections, you know, you've talked about sending players to a lot of big 10 schools. When PJ flat calls though, you just send that the voicemail, right. And then get rid of the, <laughs> No, Hopefully he doesn't watch this. Hopefully he doesn't watch oh, this. No, I actually wanted to ask, is there, and without naming any schools, any colleges, is there a recruiting story you could share where, you know, you just couldn't believe a staff tried this with one of your kids? Certainly not asking for any names, but. Um, number one, I've never talked to PJ Fleck. I'll tell you that right now, which to me, you know, not that I care. I don't really care. If I don't talk to a coach. I don't really care, but he has offered one of my kids once and, and I still haven't, uh, I haven't met or talked to him. Interesting. Um, not, not that I need to by any means, but I, I, uh, I, I did, I had a kid committed and, you know, this was early in my career where I was learning the ropes of the whole thing. And I, you know, and just using my, my values and my morals. And I had a kid committed to a school already and, and another school really started to push to try to get him to decommit and they wanted to come to school and they wanted to talk to him. And for me, I just, I had a hard time with it. And if there's one thing I do is like, once a kid commits, like I shut him down. I don't let any other coach come in. I don't, because I, I just don't think that's fair. And, you know, and, and that school, since I've done that, hasn't said a word to me since. So you can put two and two together if you want. However, you know that I just I just won't play that. And and they really they really tried to do that. And there and it was a little bit. It was a weird situation. It was tough. And you know I, I didn't enjoy it. But I think that message then became clear with that school. <laughs> uh, and you probably set that precedent going forward, though, which. I'm sure your kids and coaches, uh, parents probably as well. Right, right. I always tell the coach that wants to talk to a kid that's committed, hey, how would you feel if I let, you know, if he does commit to your school, how would you feel if I then let another school come in and, and do the same thing at, at that point? You know, now if if the kid and the parents tell me otherwise and they want to look elsewhere, well, that's totally different. But, like, once they come in, I tell every single kid, hey, you, you commit to this because – you're not just dealing with just you anymore, right? Like if you go back on your word or you do something, you know, and we don't do it the right way and we don't go about it the right way, it could affect the future of our kids being recruited because, you know, again, it is a business. And, and, and if you, you ruin a relationship, you know, then that's one less school that I, I'm going to be able to push to, to our other kids. So, you, you know, again, it's a business just as much as it is a business for them on that side. That's why I turned it to that on this side uh, the same way. Like we're going to treat this like a business and we're going to do everything we possibly can to help the kids, but also help the future kids that that I plan to help out. That's awesome. Uh, I want to finish here. Uh, Chimer DK, one of your one of your players, uh, you talked about the season you had with them three and six, but a, a team that put everything into that field, everything into that product. 
do you feel like when you watched him in Madison and certainly the last couple of years offensively for Wisconsin, it has been a bit of a struggle, a passing game, a struggle. Now with Phil Longo coming in, they're going to open up the offense. Are we going to see, do you think potentially a, a team that we haven't been able to see yet just being in a better ecosystem offensively? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I, I think um, even the few practices that I got to see, I, I just, I can tell it matches Chimray. Um, you know, there, there's things that they're doing now that it's like, okay, this is, this is what he needed. Um, I know he's just looking at it as an opportunity to show everyone like, Hey, he's totally versatile. You know, he can do this system. He can do that system. He can, you know, like he'd never say a bad word about the previous system. He would never, you know, like that's not the type of person that he is. He's just looking for that opportunity. And you talk about a kid who, who works, I mean, he just works, works, works. He is, you know, one of the most dynamic leaders I've ever met. I mean, he was almost a captain of their team as a freshman, you know, like he was such, he's such a, a, a great example. You know, the first thing, you know, when I talked to coach Chris after his freshman year, he said, Chimray DK is what Wisconsin football is all about. And there is no doubt in my mind that that is the truth. And I'm sure that still rings. Um, and just the way that he works and the way that he's gone about his business his whole life, th- there's no doubt he's, go- he's going to have one of those years and, and it's all going to work out for him and, and he's going to do his best to help that team win. And, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see a receiver from Wisconsin. We don't see that very often. You know, I, I think he was one of the only scholarship Wisconsin receivers since like Jazz PB or, or or Nick Toon or whoever it was. I don't know. You just don't see it very often. Scholarship receivers from Wisconsin. And um, it would just be great to see Chimray be able to have all that come to fruition because his measurables are there, right? He's tall enough. Mm-hmm. He's fast. Enough. I mean, he ran a 10, 800 for me in track when I was his head track coach and long jump 23 feet. So it's not like he's much different than the kids down South. Like he has those measurables. So now it's just, Let's get the ball in his hands, and let's watch Chimray do Chimray. I can't wait to see it. Um, Coach, thank you so much for jumping on. This has been – and I could keep going, but this has been an awesome, yeah. awesome conversation. And and maybe hopefully after the season we can get back together and talk about the season and Derek and, you know, everything that went on and everything yeah. that's going on with your guys. Yeah. We got we got a nice young running back that's starting to hit, and I keep telling Wisconsin, here's your next one, you know. So nice. let's, let's get him taken care of here soon. Absolutely love it. Uh, he is Coach Harris, head coach, Arrowhead, uh, Derek Jensen's head coach. We are obviously very, very grateful for the time. Uh, for everybody tuning in on Wisconsin, and we'll talk again tomorrow.